What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You were working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW podcast, also for the Dallas Morning News. I am Kevin Sherrington. I am Barry Horn. And joining us now on the phone, Mr. College Basketball himself, Fran Fraschilla. Fran, how are you doing? I'm outstanding, guys, in snowy Detroit for the Horizon League final, which is uh, a little appetizer before I go to the Big 12 tomorrow. It keeps me in touch with my mid-major roots, and tonight we'll see Wright State or Cleveland State punch a ticket to the dance, so I'm looking forward to it. That's a reference, I think, to the Manhattan College Jaspers. Is that it, Frank? That is correct. Yeah, that is correct. I, uh, I, didn't, uh, I, I didn't come into this business big time. I had to work my way up and uh, certainly cut my teeth at Manhattan College, and uh, so I know all about one big league, which the Big 12 is not. What is, what is, a, what is a Jasper, anyway? Uh, it was the, the mascot is named after Brother Jasper, an early athletic director at Manhattan College. Who, by the way, um, the, uh, the 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 uh, urban myth is that he's also the guy that invented the seventh inning stretch. Uh, <laughs> really? College college baseball game one day, the kids were getting tired, and in the middle of the seventh inning, Brother Jasper had all the students get up and stretch, and. Uh, that's it. That's at least what we tell people. I like it. Let's go with it. Yeah. Let's go with that. I'm, I'm going to yeah. tell uh, Pasadena, Texas, is, I know he's going to say he's from Houston, that here, here's a little known fact. Manhattan College is really in the Bronx. Uh, so, oh, okay. Correct. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's, that that's true of everything. University of Dallas is really in Irving. That's correct. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway. So, Fran, let, let's talk a little bit about the, this Big 12 tournament. Can someone finally beat Kansas from the Big 12? Well, in the in the conference tournament itself, it's happened actually fairly regularly. Uh, Iowa State, with some great teams, actually have won three of the last four Big 12 tournaments. Now, in the ACC, the tournament title is a very big deal. Um, but for some reason, uh, in the Big 12, we, we kind of crown the regular season champ as the, uh, the de facto champion of the league. So, right. Kansas has won 14 straight uh, regular season titles, but, you know, Bill Self doesn't put all his eggs into one basket. Uh, it doesn't necessarily bother him as much as you would think if they don't win the Big 12 tournament, particularly if they have a couple days off. Now, you don't want to lose in the quarterfinals like they did last year without Josh Jackson, who they suspended. But at the same time, um, they can rest easy knowing that the 14 year streak of regular season titles is in, is intact. So the long answer to a short question is yes. Somebody else besides Kansas can win the Big 12 tournament this week. 
Who and and who's your guest right now? I'm going to go with Tech. Well, if Tech is near healthy, that means is Keenan Evans going to be healthy? He has a like a, a turf toe type of injury. Uh, they did have 20 in the second half in the win over TCU. I would say if Texas Tech is nearly healthy, that they certainly have the capability of winning the Big 12 tournament. In fact, I think they're the most suited to go furthest in the NCAA tournament uh, because despite a four-game losing streak at the end of the year, which was, by the way, uh, was largely responsible due to injuries, um, if they are healthy, I think they can make a, a, a longer run than anybody because they have a tremendous senior guard in Evans, right. uh, you know, local kid from Richardson who's had a great career. Uh, they got depth. They have size. They have two terrific freshmen who I think are both going to play in the NBA someday. And uh, Chris Beard has proven to be a very, very good coach, and I think that uh, I think Tech would be my my pick if it's not Kansas. Uh-huh. When you were coaching, did you like to go into the uh, postseason tournament with on a big high, a big win streak, or did it bother you if you'd lost a couple of games? Well, I think you. I think momentum's important, but you also learn, Barry, that once you get into a one and done type situation, no matter you know, obviously a lot of a lot of how how much success you have is based on how much talent you have, but that's. Assuming everything's relative, you definitely want to go in with confidence and swag and feeling good. But you also know that um, in the course of 40 games, you're going to have four or five clunkers. It's just the way it works. And you're going to have four or five games where you just play out of your mind. And the other 30 games is who you really are. And you just don't want to have one of those four or five clunkers at the wrong time. And sometimes it's just an unavoidable. It's just, you know, the basketball god, shots not going in. Uh, bad breaks, foul trouble. So, by and large, you want to have some momentum and confidence. But even even that doesn't matter much once you get to one and done play. Now, going back to what you mentioned with the and, the, and obviously Chris Beard has done a great job at Tech in, in just a short amount of time, and he just got a new six year deal from them uh, yesterday. Yep. Uh, what uh, what is your impression of him as a head coach? Really impressed, Kevin. You know, he is uh, he is the real deal. Like. He, 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 the first thing that you notice when you go to a practice is, is this enthusiasm fake or is it real? Like, everybody's involved, everybody's positive, everybody's cheering for each other. The practices are intense. They're well thought out, well prepared. And, you know, initially, the first time I watched Tech practice, I thought, well, this is a little bit phony. They're putting on a show for me, the ESPN guys here. And, and it couldn't be further from the truth. Chris has um, a great feel for young people. Um, he can be tough when he needs to be, but he also has, a, I think, a big heart. Kids like playing for him. And, you know, given his mentors, uh, and, you know, particularly spending 10 years with Coach Knight and Pat Knight, um, I would say that for all the negative qualities that we've seen, you know, publicly from Coach Knight, and a lot of people certainly don't like his style. Chris, I think, has a lot of the good that he learned from Coach Knight, the uh, attention to detail, uh, the mind for the game, um, and, and that translates. He's an excellent coach. Well, let me ask you a little bit about that, because I've been contemplating this column for a while um, about the, uh, uh, you know, 
and it, and it kind of goes far past just college basketball. Um, but uh, in light of a lot of the things that have happened with the Olympics and with uh, gymnastics and with the the culture that was created, you know, and at, down at Caroli Ranch and um, and how yeah. people are talking about how that kind of fed into what Larry Nasser was doing and allowed him to become the good cop and and to. Uh, groom these girls uh, for what happened to them uh, are the days of of uh, authoritarian over the top coaches are is that over well i i would say that uh i would say yes i would say kevin that uh the my way of highway style is no longer in vogue but what is what is what can be in vogue is is tough love uh and by that i mean Kids will still run through a brick wall for you. They may ask you why they have to do it nowadays, but they'll do it if you know you they re, that you really care about them. And guys like Tom Izzo, for example, Bill Self can peel the paint off a wall when he's angry. These guys have a, and I think Chris Chris has this too, a magical touch to when they need to be tough and demanding and. Uh, and, and hold players to a high standard of accountability, they can do it. But there's a lot of time spent away from the court, I find, with those coaches, with players, to the point where the kids truly understand that coach is being tough on me, but I know he cares about me because we have a better relationship. You know, we have a, we have a really good relationship off the court. And that has to be cultivated by the coach. If it's not cultivated, uh, the way I watch these guys do it, um, then the kids uh, are not going to buy into somebody just screaming at them for the sake of screaming at them. So yes, uh, the, 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 you can still uh, you can still have tough love, but it's got to be within the context of the kid knowing that you really have his best interest at heart. Fran, we're we're in a bit of a time crunch here, so I'm going to move on real quick. Um, best case scenario: How many Big Twelve teams go to the tournament? Well, in a in a perfect world, nine, but that's not going to likely happen because somebody early in the uh, tournament, first round, you know, uh, quarterfinal is going to cannibalize uh, somebody else. And uh, so I would say seven's a lock, eight's a real possibility, nine's nine might be really difficult, but there might. But I would say this going into the tournament, Barry, that um, you know it's the only league in the country where nine of the ten teams are alive legitimately. And if Oklahoma State can beat uh, Oklahoma, they have a chance to play Kansas a third time, and they've already beaten them twice. twice. By the way, yeah, no coach in 15 years has ever swept Bill Self until Saturday. And Mike Boynton remains the only coach in Big 12 history to be undefeated against Bill Self at 2-0. That's crazy. That, it, it's, 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 I, you know, I watched the game. My son is married to a, a, a girl who's family or big OSU people so we sat there and we watched we watched that game and and they were they were just in a rapture I'm sure they game. were they would be yeah, yeah. Saturday hopefully they enjoyed the announcing too oh <laughs> yeah they did <laughs> That's they, right. they, they made a comment I think they enjoyed that more than they enjoyed the uh, Oklahoma State yeah there victory. you go yeah, I would, I would think so. I would think so. All right, now let's let's talk about some of the players we're going to see in this tournament and uh, and what you think they might be doing in the draft. Um, you know, Trey Young uh, started out the, the season on fire and uh, in uh, in Oklahoma with it, and uh, that ha- that has uh, been that fire has been put out. Uh, they yep. they they really struggled, and, and ninth seed, and and Trey has struggled as well. Do you, what do you think about Trey's possibilities in this uh, in this lottery? How high could he go? 
Well, he's still going to go high, Kevin. He's still going to go inside the top ten, maybe as high as five, probably more in the seven or eight range. He's a he's a tremendous young talent. Uh, we give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's still nineteen. Um, you know the, the Steph Curry comparison. I mean, let's put it this way: uh, literally five months ago, the average college basketball fan had never heard of Trey Young. Right. The junkies, the junkies did, and certainly if you're an Oklahoma fan, you know who he was. He played Norman. And then he comes like a shooting star across the sky, and he blows up college basketball. And where, you know, you know, um, even ESPN had him on TV once or twice. You know, yeah. it's really, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, and so he took the college basketball world by storm. And then when you get into conference play with a relatively young team and a talent like this, you, you, I wouldn't say they figured him out, but um, it, it didn't come as easy to him. And um, and he, even as he struggled, he still led the conference in scoring and assists. He's still the only player in modern basketball history since we've been keeping track of assists to lead the country in scoring and assists. So we can't forget his brilliance. But at the same time, um, you know, uh, whether it was an overconfidence or a team wasn't quite as good as they played early or the competition of the Big 12, um, you know, it's mind-boggling to think they're in an 8-9 game. But I do think eventually he's going to be a good pro my comp for him is is not Steph Curry, but let's start with Mike Conley, who's out for the year, but is also one of the best guards in the NBA. He's built the same way as Trey. The only problem is Mike Conley's the anti highlight, and there's times when Trey likes to be the highlight, so uh, he'll have to adjust. But I do think he's an NBA talent. Well, you know, I, in watching him, and you you have point guards in the family. I have a point guard in the family. I watch him, and sometimes. When a point guard makes a pass that's a brilliant pass, but the other guy is not expecting it or bounces off his hands or whatever, is, is that a good pass? Do you, do you know what I'm asking you? Yeah, I do. And, and I think, I think you're, the short answer is it is um, because they have played with this young man for 30 games plus now. And his teammates benefited early in the season from, from these incredible passes. And now, quite frankly... Even when they're expecting them, they're not making shots like they did. Right. So I do think, as I transpose him to the NBA level, you know, that a pass to, let's say, Wesley Matthews or Dirk or, you know, Kevin Booker from the Suns is going to be, you know, it's going to be three points. Or it's going to be a dunk to Andre Drummond. So I kind of picture what it'll be like in a couple years when he physically matures and he's playing with elite talent. That's why I think... He will be, a, at, at worst, a solid NBA starting point guard, and then, and then we go from there. The ultimate, the ultimate is there's only 30 stars in the NBA, and the other 450-plus are just role players. So. One last question about, okay. about him, because I want to ask this, because yeah. when, when Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, was moved to the two uh, recently, just for a, a little trial there, you know, and Rick Carlisle's doing a little uh, chemistry work here, a little lab work. Yeah. Um, yep. he, he said he didn't want to do that. And so, you know, my thought was all along, if, you know, depending on, of course, where the Mavs draft, if they were sixth or seventh and one of these big guys that they really liked was not available, uh, what's the harm in, in drafting him? And could you run, you know, Dennis at the two? Uh, w- would that be something that you would be a little hesitant to do, considering what Dennis has said about, you know, he loves to play the point and he's played it his whole life? Or would you say, would you think that, no, we can make this work? Well, given that given there's a there's a number of big young big guys that I like in that range, Kevin, I, I, I think they will probably won't go that way at the moment. But I will say this. 
if 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 Johnny and Mark think that this is the best talent available, let's say at seven, eight, nine, you know, depending on how the lottery balls fall, you got to take the most talented guy, right? And you can't reach for a big guy, you know, who's not going to eventually be a good NBA player. So, I think in a perfect world they go in a different direction to another position, but it doesn't preclude them from taking a Trey Young if they feel he is the best talent on the board and a can't miss prospect. Then you draft him and you figure it out. Then you figure out whether they can play together, whether they trade one of the guys eventually. But I really think like football, you don't worry about position unless you're absolutely sure that there's equal value between a seven footer and a kid who's six foot two. We're not going to allow you to yell at me now because uh, Kevin and I talk about Mo Bamba all the time. I don't like him. Kevin likes him. Uh, what's your feeling? You you can rip the hell out of me now if you want. Um, well, I think he's got a no, Terry. I think he's got a long way to go to be a good NBA player. Oh. Um, he's he's he, at the college level. He's been somewhat dominant at times on the defensive end, and then really underskilled at the offensive end. And the other thing is, um, and he's a great kid. He's very thoughtful. We, you read these articles about all the things he's into. He grew up in Harlem. He went away to prep school probably since he was thirteen. Um, you know, he's got to play harder. Um, he's going to have to learn to play harder. Um, I, I, I love Jared Allen last year. At the end of the last year, Jared Allen really improved for Texas. And unfortunately, his best basketball, you know, is going to be played in the NBA, and he's doing a great job. But Mo Bamba, you know, I, got, I can't get as excited as, as with Mo as some of the other young big kids on this draft. So, uh, uh, but again, if he's there at six, seven, eight, right. versus some, and, and he will be a good NBA player. I just think in the top of the draft, there's four or five guys I like a little bit better than Mo at this point, three and a half months away from draft night. So give us those four or five guys. All right. So, you know, the kid, the, the, the best player in college basketball this year is DeAndre Ayton at Arizona. And he will not be the national player of the year because um, he's, in, he's been hiding in plain sight in Tucson. <laughs> They've got the black cloud over their head. Yes, they and, do. Uh, and, they're, and they're in mountain time, so people haven't seen him much. Um, but he's a freak, and he is the number one pick. I don't care who comes over from you know Europe or China or wherever. Uh, he'll be the number one pick, in my opinion. Uh, Luka Doncic, the kid a lot of people are talking about, best European player to, uh, at his age ever, apparently. Uh, I think he'll be a good NBA starter. Um, he's only 19, playing in a, you know, a really good league, way better than college league, but he's to me, a cross between Gordon Hayward and Manu Ginobili, which is pretty good. Yeah, um, I take that. But at this point, at this point, I don't see NBA star. I see mm-hmm. really good starter. And then I'll give you one. This is not a sleeper because teams know about him, but I think he's going to go higher than five or six. Jaron Jackson Jr., the son of uh, NBA journeyman Jaron Jackson, yeah. who played at Georgetown, uh, and then 13 years in the league. 6'11", youngest player in the draft, um, tremendous potential, really skilled on both ends, kind of a, a, a Porzingis type, if you will, can play offense and defense, and, uh, you know, he's at Michigan State and uh, gets in foul trouble a lot. They got a lot of guys up front, so his numbers are skewed, but to me, I think he's. The, I think right now he'd be the third best player in this draft. Well, so, where's Marvin Bagley? Four, five, six in that range, you know, talented offensively. Um, it's going to be a small NBA center, not a small one, but uh, in modern NBA basketball, he's going to be the prototype 
you know, fly up and down the floor, five man, shoot some threes, score inside, but uh, not in love with his defense at the moment. And uh, will be a good NBA player, if not a very, very good one. I just like the top three I mentioned a little bit better. Yeah, I, I've read that uh, that you know because Jaron Jackson's such a great shot blocker. Do you feel like of the guys available other than Aiton that he is the, he would be the best fit for the Mavericks? I I do I do Kevin, and I also think again so much of his so much of projecting, especially now that we have so many of these one and done guys, is you know where are they going to be when they're twenty four, twenty five? And my NBA friends tell me that big guys, you know. Big guys don't in the NBA don't start maturing until they're 24, 25. We're seeing that with Anthony Davis, Boogie Cousins, some of the other, you know, eventually Carl Towns, uh, Porzingis, and um, this kid has this kid could be um, the best player in the uh, of this in this draft in the NBA seven or eight years from now. Uh, I think I love DeAndre Ayton. The motor runs forever, but I I, I really like this kid, Jaron Jackson, if he's in that three, four, five, six range. Friend, we're going to let you run because I know you have you have to work the rest of the day. Kevin and I are just going to be talking the rest of the day. <laughs> so thanks so much for being with us. What's the weather like in Detroit as you look at your hotel room window? You know, cold, actually cold and snowy, which why I can't what wait to get to balmy Kansas City where it will be in the 40s tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. There it's you a, go. It's, it's, it's always a dreary I, – I, I hate to say this, the the uh, Chamber of Commerce in Detroit won't like me, but it's always a dreary day in Detroit. Hell no. You don't don't you know don't, don't respond. What <laughs> I did, you know, I did get, I did get to Greek Town, which is a fabulous spot yes. for food. And the last time I was here, uh, the incomparable Brad Sham and I uh, went to the Astoria Pastry Shop, where we just like had Google eyes for like thirty minutes before we decided. I think I had a cannoli, but uh, <laughs> I, but, uh, but no, it's it's fun. The downtown Detroit's actually coming around. Beautiful new arena, obviously Ford Field, America. Right. We, we passed those places yesterday, so it's uh, you know sports, sports, crazy town as you guys know. Thanks, Fran. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Hope to see you Happy soon. To do it. All right. Okay. See you back Bye. back in Dallas. That's Fran Freshola. He's he's. You know what I like about Fran is that uh, we, we want anybody to be honest, but you know he you, you know that he really specializes in those foreign players. Yeah. Sees them a lot, and and everything I'd read and everything I'd you know because I've, I've I've seen clips of of Doncic play, you know, and and I I just like him because he's dominating a really good league. That's the AAA in college basketball is double A, right? And so a, a guy is dominating a AAA at his age, and he, and the enthusiasm he plays with, and the fact that he can play, you know. You know, one through four, according to everybody, would have made me think he'd say, "Yeah, this is the guy you'd want." And then, you know, what does he say? He says, yeah. "I think he's a good player." You know, what? Well, I love what he said. He's he's a cross between Gordon Hayward and Manu Ginobili. That's pretty good. Though. That's pretty good. I'll, 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 I'll take, take that. a cross between that. I'd two. take that if I could. But you know, you know how that is when you're when you're picking the top three or four of a draft that has what people think there's a couple of, of stars in here. You know, now that's not always the case, right? I mean, how many times do you remember drafts and there would be no stars in it? Yeah, None. but you, you never know going. Into well, you don't know. You don't know. But let's uh, just say that there are. Uh, you you got to get one. I, I was more impressed with what he said about Bamba. Oh, you would be. Because I, I watch, I, I don't, I, I understand, I get it. Well, but you, I don't get. It. Well, because when you because here's why you don't get it is because uh, you remember p- players like Ralph Sampson. To me, he reminds me of Ralph Sampson. You know, oh. very very th- Ralph Ralph Sampson, Ralph Sampson was a 
was a He-Man compared well, to Well, he wasn't. He, I think Ralph had like, seriously, had like a 28-inch waist, something ridiculous like that. And uh, and he, yes, he was a much more physical player yes. than Bamba. Yeah, you watch Bamba play, and he kind of looks like this big willowy kind of thing moving up and down the floor. It's the way he, you know, when you block a shot, when he blocks a shot, He's reaching over and kind of almost reaching down yeah. to block the shot because he's got that seven nine wingspan. Uh, I get what he's saying. I think I think that teams will push him around uh, for a while, and and I think it'll be difficult for him for a while. And and he has to play, uh, you know, he has to get tougher and all that, uh, which is all the problem that all these young guys face. All of them do. All sure. of them will have that same problem. You know, it's just difficult just to get through a, an an eighty two game season. You know, after playing in forty games in college, uh, I, I'm just of the opinion that if the Mavericks draft him, he'll get hurt. Well, but if if somebody else, you know, some one of, some of the other teams, if he got wound up in Oklahoma City somehow, or you know, he's not going to, or San Antonio somehow, he'd be a star forever. Yeah, I, you know, I I think uh, we'll, we'll see where the Mavs end up in this draft. Um, they they have to to me, they've got to get in the top five. I, you know, I, I think that, uh, as he said, Aiton is considered the number one because he's this – he looks like Superman. He's like, It's a Dwight Howard kind of body. You right. know, this is a huge guy, very physical, just looks like a star. Um, uh, he says the motor's running all the time. He would know a lot better than I would. Uh, I, I had the things that, you know, as, as he said, it's hard to find him. You know, hard to find Arizona. Um, but if – the things that I've read have said that yeah, the light doesn't really go on very very fast this no, season. He, he just said the light's always on. I know, and so I don't know. He, he, you know, he's he's not really he's not considered a rim protector, and I think he's a, he's considered a great rebounder. So I mean, clearly the two things the Mavericks need are uh, a a rebounder and a shot blocker. Uh, so the, if he's you know if he's the rebounder then that's then that's great but they need that defensive presence too yeah because they're not getting it anyplace else all right let me cut you off here we've got to go we've have we have other podcasts scheduled for today not until ten fifteen oh you ju- I thought you just no I was telling you to quit clicking your pen quit clicking my pen I thought you wa- I thought you were done dope uh, so it, no let's talk about this guy I, I like oh, talking about well, this, this. if we if we haven't let, let me ask you this we, what we haven't talked about are two teams in the area really TCU and Baylor uh, we talked about the Big Twelve and, and they didn't even come up in the conversation that's true uh, Jamie Dixon here's a you know and of course Jamie Dixon's a great coach and he went back to his alma mater and that's all great. Uh, but how many times does that work out? Well, it's worked out pretty good for TCU. Oh, yeah. He's done a terrific job with it. You know, TCU couldn't do anything. It hasn't done anything for, for years. And then and, and he comes back and immediately makes them into a better team. It, it's, 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 it's incredible, too, because they were, they were in the shadow of SMU when Larry Brown was in SMU. Oh, and, absolutely. And now, and, now, and now it's flipped. Now it's flipped. Yeah, I was at the, uh, the, the SMU-Houston game the other day, and, boy, that was not good. In the first half – for uh, I, I think SMU is pretty beaten up though they are but SMU scored two points for the first seven minutes of the game two points it was brutal uh, of course Houston wasn't really playing a lot better either uh, but um, but yeah they are Shake Milton who's a guy that's also considered uh, uh, might a, be a low a low pick in the first, first round, round. Uh, and, and he's been out for SMU so that really hurt uh, the Mustangs uh, Spe- speaking speaking of being out I think we should mention here that Evan Grant is not with us who. Today. Evan Grant, is is he that short ball guy? We're all short. We're all short ball guys, Kevin. <laughs> 
But Evan has had some uh, stomach issues and uh, is at the doctor this morning. I don't think he wanted you just to spell that all no, out. No, I think he did. He, te- he texted us all last night about it. Yeah. So, but he hopefully he'll be in for the uh, Ranger podcast. Today. He'll be in the Ranger podcast. Yeah, you're you're already cutting this off. We've got we've got ten minutes. To I have go. a video I need to do. Uh, oh Perhaps my you didn't gosh! Hear. Oh my gosh! I can't believe this. All right, we'll just cut this all off. All if, right, if you we're... would quit doing that with your pen, I will. I will. I will say we can cut this off. Okay. And who do we have a cowboy podcast today, Kevin? Yeah. Yes, we also have a cowboy podcast. John Mashoda. Who was at the combine um, is going to be on with us today. He's he's going to be on with us at ten fifteen, you know, in that ten minute period now that we're just going to have we, to do nothing. I have to do a video. Were you not here before this? Where they asked <laughs> you could do that anytime you wanted to. You just because when do we're it done, now. you're going to want to go to get out of here and go to lunch immediately. <laughs> hey, you oh. ready to go? Let's go. Okay, let's go to lunch. Okay, Barry, let's just cut it off. You go ahead. All right, for Kevin Sherrington, I'm Barry Horn. For Evan Grant, who. We hope is will be well and joining us later today. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.